Why don't you explain what a heel is, but just sure. in like basic terms. Yeah, don't, use seconds, word, yeah. don't use the word kayfabe. Can I use kayfabe no. or Mark or <laughs> Jabroni? Use the word bad guy. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. I'm Jeff Hopkins and I'm joined by my good friends Richard Manfredi. Hello, podcasting world. And Michael Winfield. Howdy. Richard and Michael spend most of their time arguing with each other about the Mount Rushmore of life, the four things that best represent a certain topic. They've asked me to jump in and serve as judge and jury and perhaps executioner to decide who is right, uh, especially on this week's topic, wrestling heel moves. Now, somebody educate me. Michael, what's a heel move uh, in the world of wrestling? Well, that's... uh a heel move is something that uh, the bad guy wrestler would yeah. do. Uh, it's wrestling's kind of split along black and white, good guy, bad guy terms and viewpoints. And there's things that the good guys do and they get that should, in theory, get a good uh, reaction from the audience. And then the bad guy's there and he also uh, should get a big reaction from the audience, but in the opposite direction. All right. Well, let's just jump right in. Uh, Michael, what's your number one? Well, I listed off, um, uh, I broke it down into four categories in my head. Uh, Cheap move, a cowardly act, blatantly illegal action, and uh, crowd work. My first is a cheap move, which is the good old-fashioned eye poke. This was probably 25% of Hulk Hogan's moveset. Right. Even though he was a good guy for most of his run. The other 25% eventually turned into having sex with uh, <laughs> his best friend's wife. Oh, don't and, forget racism. That's uh, also saying part racist of it too. things. Yeah. And also, Thunder in Paradise <laughs> was a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty horrible thing. I feel like we're, like we're going to uh, short sell Mr. Nanny here yeah. at some point, but go ahead. The other things that he would do, really, his only other moveset was the big boot, the big leg drop, and then also uh, raking his fingernails along someone's back. He was a bad guy. I like in actuality, even though everyone loved him. Oh, don't forget about puffing up your cheeks and blowing really hard. Also, like, also the, that. like the big bad wolf, I guess. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but with the eye poke, it's so it's such a simple and like just easy way to take someone out instantaneously. I mean, it, it's it's so childish. Yeah. And it's just like doink and you hear it you, you can almost see <laughs> you can almost see it as something that would you know it does happen in a you know a Three Stooges cartoon. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say does he even give the um, a, the tacky the choice of picking which two fingers to <laughs> be poked by as Mo Howard so gentlemanly did. <laughs> so that's your number one the eye poke. Yeah. Which does it fall into the clearly illegal uh, a cheat move. Oh, okay. Oh, cheat move. Okay, all right. I like that. So not not a cheat code, though. No. No, nuts up, down. Right, right, right. Right. So the, be- the by the way, the best heel I, I remember for the eye poke was Hot Rod Roddy Piper. He had the eye poke down because he would sit there and he would like do this like kind of crazy laugh and then poke the guy in the eye real quick, like the total two-finger <laughs> type thing. <laughs> and it just sort of added to, like you said, the, the, the sort of... This is something that a crazy person does. Mark Zuckerberg, are you uh, listening? Because if so, I want to add the eye poke to something you can do on Facebook. <laughs> right. <laughs> right under poke. Or that could be an Apple thing. I know yeah. they're, if, they're, if they're not too busy uh, hiding from the feds, maybe they can get the eye poke onto the market. All right. So, uh, Manfredi, you go. All right. So my first one, and as usual, I'm a little bit less regimented as Michael. Um, my first one is begging in the corner for someone not to hit him. That's great. That's something you'd see Ric Flair do a lot. It pretty much is 
the quintessential, I'm not going to play this sport anymore, which is the best thing about, which is one of the best heel moves. It's just basically saying, well, this whole like construct that we've got is we go in the ring and we wrestle and we punch each other. We try to beat each other up. It should be, in theory, it should be a fair fight. Right. You know, the referee goes in and they pat. Like, they, they still do this every time, every now and then. Like, they pat them down yeah. and they check their boots. And it's just such a ridiculous thing that at some point in the history of wrestling, there must have been a guy that just had, like, knives in there. <laughs> and they pull out, like, switchblades. But, like, you, you're supposed to be on the level. Uh-huh. And uh, I, love the, I love that idea. of uh, I love the cowardly. Yeah, anything guy. that's cowardly, is I think, is... Because that's what... One of the things that really gets... There's a couple ways you can be a heel. You can be, like, a scary heel who's, like, kind of a monster. Yeah. Like, a legit bad guy who wants to hurt, like, wants to hurt people. And then there's the cowardly heel. The guy who just wants to win at any cost. Possibly doesn't want to get his pretty face hit if he can. Mm-hmm. Which I think I would fall certainly more into that category <laughs> in real life. But, yeah, the, the, the begging in the corner, which is usually after... The heel has been dominating with cheap kind of illegal moves for several minutes. And just as the good guy gets the upper hand, he'll kind of lay down the corner and beg him and ask him to not hit him. Which, if it's done right, will then confuse the other wrestler, make him stop for a second so that the heel wrestler can then, like, hit him in the nuts. And yeah, a big okay. a big part of that, I think, too, is, like, appealing to the uh, referee's sense of fairness that he's like he, that he's so neutral that he just assumes that he's either hurt or like it's unfair towards you know one 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 of the parties he's yeah. like a in the technical aspects of wrestling, not that we have to get too deep into that, is that really just some kind of stalling for time while they catch their breath? Could be. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Or it could just be like a like I said, just a really good way to get some cheap sensing. cheap cheap uh cheap booze. Yeah. By the way, real quick, can we discuss uh referees real quick? Yeah. Because I again wrestling is this weird constructed world that you have to sort of buy into if you to some extent, even though you know it's all spoiler alert, it's fake. But you kinda have to buy into it. In this world, is there anyone, like, in charge of the referees? Because, like, in real sports, like, when a referee makes a bad call, they, you know, the commissioner or somebody who's in charge of the, the referees comes in, might suspend them, might discipline them. Where's the referees don't, don't do a really good job, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> where's where's the Dean Blandino of wrestling? Uh, right. The guys that are at the highest level of being refereeing, like, listen, you didn't see him punch him right in the in the groin. And you turned around and were distracted by the uh, beautiful woman on the outside uh, like three or four times during the same match. And every time he got hit by a chair. So I I speculate that the referee, if there was a person who was in charge of the wrestling referees, he would be like the person who is the coach of the team that plays the Harlem Globetrotters. (laughs) Right. (laughs) My theory is that they're former wrestlers who've had too many head injuries. Yeah. And so instead of them like suing WWE for like CTE damage, they just give them a job as a referee, even though they will forget. Hey, I remember that last time when somebody on the outside said something to me and then the other guy hit him and I didn't see it. Do you think they that, can't, that can't be this time? Do you though. think they wake up in the uniform <laughs> after a bad match? And right. They're, they're, now they're this is my life. Now I'm a referee. Or maybe it's just like a memento thing. Yeah. Where it's <laughs> just people with no sure with the like no like nothing but short term memories. So like every day they go out there and it's like the first time they've ever uh, ref they've ever ref a match. But hey, I've got the outfit on. Must be what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, Richards had his first choice and a sidebar that's pretty awesome. Michael, you got to get back in the game, get back in the ring. Well, um, I'll continue along the the same sort of thread of of like uh, cowardice. I 
Howard Dasosity. Yes, that's a word. Thank you. Nail it. I love when when a bad guy has like a bodyguard. When there is a guy that is a 200-pound Adonis that's six feet tall or 6'2 or even bigger, maybe a pretty guy, and they have some other guy that they've hired right. to be their strong man just in case. I'm going to read off a quick list of, of some uh, uh, world champions, you know, on the main stage that have had a, that have had a, a, a bodyguard. So recent uh, wrestler Seth Rollins had J&J security. Two guys. He was not only. Are they, were they licensed and bonded, by the way, in the states where so. they operated? Um, most famous may be uh, the Million Dollar Man's uh, bodyguard, Virgil. Right. Shawn Michaels had a couple, uh, Psycho Sid and Diesel. Wasn't China a bodyguard for Triple H? Triple H, right. And it's amazing that these guys that are supposed to be the best at their sport, they hold the belt or the title, and uh, they need some other guy, you know. And also, they, every time. Every time they run interference on the the outside of the ring, they untie a shoe. I, you know, that, I guess that's really immature. They untie untie (laughs) a shoe. I mean, I guess nowadays they're hitting them with like sledgehammers and chairs. Right. And chainsaws. Yeah. I like that one a lot. And that's, that's independent from, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but that's also independent from my manager, which is its own separate world. It's like just the world of my security guy. Yeah. Again, I always wonder in this constructed world of wrestling, are these guys who want to be wrestlers and just think maybe this is their break? It's like being the personal assistant to like an actor that maybe I'll get a gig based off of that. Are they getting benefits? Do you think? Oh my God. The benefit program for Benny's off that. security yeah. guard is like the leftover sandwich. That's about it. It's yeah. like here, here is uh, the last third of the Quiznos um, steak sandwich that I just didn't happen to finish that day. All right. So Richard, does that lead us into your number two with the, not necessarily, okay. but uh, I am going to go with using a foreign object that you've hidden in your pants. That's great. And Michael alluded to that earlier with the referee pat down, which you, See, pretty regularly, a couple of things have to happen here. One, it has to be called a foreign object. Like right. the announcers have to refer to it. Like it's stuff. French or something like that. <laughs> right. That yeah. would be one of the worst. Like, oh, <laughs> let's, let's a go. Cam- there's let's a do, camembert cheese. Let's do, that, let's do a mini Mount Rushmore of the worst nations to be from <laughs> if you're in wrestling. Right. Uh, France is right up there. France, I don't know. If, we're not, you know, right, right, right. not in any order. France, Russia. Germany. Germany is really good. And somewhere in the Middle East, which country you don't actually know. <laughs> it's just you're just from the Middle East. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to replace, I would replace Germany with like Mongolia. That's pretty good. There were a few wrestlers that were like from Mongolia. The They're wrestling. supposed to yeah. be like, it was as if Genghis Khan was still roaming <laughs> the, the plains of Mongolia and one of his men just decided, you know what I would like to do? Wrestle. That'd be good. I love that this guy is a works at a UPS in Secaucus, New Jersey. <laughs> oh yeah, no. So, so there was a Nikolai Volkov who was big heel wrestler in like the late 70s and the 80s. He was tag team champion with the Iron Sheik for a lot of years, um, would it's a good heel. This is a good heel move. It's not on my list, but he would insist that they sing. The, he was able. To, he would be able to sing the Russian national anthem every time he wrestled, and he would make them have to people sit there and hear him sing. I guess at the time the Soviet national anthem for like two minutes, guaranteed, guaranteed boost. Best part of this, yeah, he was just some guy. He's worked. He worked as a as like a garbage guy in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, not 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 like Russian guy. Do you do you have a favorite foreign object? I mean, are, I are we talking like brass? 
Nux. Like a razor. It has to be something, yeah, it has to be something that, I'm not talking about like a chair okay. or like a sledgehammer or it's something that just gets, it has to be something that's sort of like, you have in there your whole, the whole match, which A, has to be sort of, if I sit down on my keys, that really bothers me. If I'm wrestling it and I get like body slammed on like a pair of brass knuckles, I think that would really hurt. So, so the, like, do these tights have like special like pouches? So you could put a cactus in there. And yeah. Pull that out of the <laughs> I think that the, I think it's the same thing Bugs Bunny used to have. Well, I, th- I think Cactus Jack used to have a cactus <laughs> right. in his pants. An actual cactus. Uh, my favorite is actually the roll of coins, mm. mm-hmm. which f- for many reasons, one, it involves money, but in a very small capacity. <laughs> Two, I don't feel like that would actually do that much damage a roll of coins like it's not brass knuckles it's not like a weight it's a ten dollar roll of quarters well i mean that's the ten dollar roll of quarters is pretty damaging but mostly to the wrestler that is pulling it out of his pants because you know that at the end of the week he's at the laundromat right and he's doing his own laundry i would i would love the cheap wrestler that pulls out like a roll of nickels that you're not there is nothing that you can use a nickel on anymore right uh yeah and and, and the best i i do remember very specifically back in the 80s it was Nick Bockwinkle versus, and I want to say it was Kurt Hennig in AWA. Showing his age right here. I know, right? He's old, folks. Old, old man, old man shit over here. And there was a title change that involved, I think Kurt Hennig hit Nick Bockwinkle with a roll of coins. But then when he hit him, the roll of coins like exploded and these quarters went flying everywhere. And after the match, he tried to claim that like, oh, those those just kind of fell out of the sky. I was going to go plug my meter, which is parked in front of the auditorium. <laughs> right, right. They don't, they, don't, they don't validate here guys. It's just AWA. This isn't WWF. It's not just Richard and Michael arguing. Join the argument too. And the internet is the best place for useless arguments. So go ahead and find us on Facebook at MT Rushmore Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at at MT Rushmore Pod. And of course, you know, share us. Please let everyone know how amazing uh, this show is by tweeting it. By sharing it on Facebook, by subscribing on iTunes, writing review on iTunes and SoundCloud at Stitcher and where else you can do that. So smoke, smoke, smoke signals. Smoke signals. Any of you have, a, Semaphore. have a, you know, First Nations friends. Yeah. You know, I want to send to them like that. And so why don't we move on to um, we've gotten past the Washington. We've passed the Jefferson. We're right in that niche between that kind of little hollow, dark area. And we're getting to our Roosevelt choices. Uh, Michael, why don't you? Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. Now that you mentioned that time out. So. Roosevelt had a wrestling career. Yeah, I was going to say, which which of the four presidents on Mount Rushmore would have been the biggest heel? Heel. Roosevelt, right? I think Washington could do. He's definitely a face. Yeah, he's, he's, he's too much of a face. Lincoln would have been the one that everyone booed just because he was weird and gangly Gang- looking. Yeah. And no one would want to have accepted him no matter what. He was like he the did. great he was like the great Khalil of his time, right? <laughs> yeah, the great think, Khalil. Yeah. Thank you. Married to a manic depressive Mary's hot. He would like Oh, she would have been a she would have been a good great. crazy ring valet too. <laughs> Sensational <laughs> oh, Mary Todd. We gotta book this. <laughs> right. they, they really blew that angle off a little too quick, I think, though, guys. Anyway, go on. So uh this is going back uh getting around or third round, Michael. Uh, my third choice uh, kind of brings up something that you just mentioned, which was a tag team. And uh, a great, like, there's such a good difference between, like, bad guy and a good guy tag team where the bad guys will do anything. And one thing they do all the time is, like, an illegal save. When, like, the good guy has one of the two of the bad guys pinned 
and the heel runs in and stomps on the guy and breaks up the count. Uh, but it's mostly in comparison and contrast to like like the good guys who stand on the outside of the ring like a dope. They <laughs> they hold on to the tag tag rope, the tag, the tag rope, rope, and like they're reaching out and. It's not like the referee, the aforementioned referee, does anything. He doesn't penalize them. Like, it's not like the next time they go down for a count, it's going to be two. All they do is they're just like, well, all right. <laughs> and, like, I, it's it's almost like the bad guys are just that much smarter yeah. than the good guys who all play by every rule. Who And there's come in, they'll come in, they'll make the save. And they're really, like, better friends than the good guys. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, no matter what's happening, I'll risk, I'll risk disqualification. I'm going to help him out. That's my yeah. friend. That's my boy. That's right. I had one on here about quick sidebar. I, uh, it was a tag team one specific. It was not, it's not one of my picks, but it was the phantom tag. Oh, yeah. When the referee has her back turned and the referee, the wrestler on the outside will go to make like a high five with himself oh. and then come into the ring. And when the referee comes back, he said, they go, well, didn't you hear the tags? Mm-hmm. And the ref invariably goes, Oh, okay. That's fine. I think throughout this process, we've found that like the biggest heel move is just being a the, referee, the referee being <laughs> terrible at their job to like the layman. I'm so, I, as you were going along, you said phantom tag and my mind just went into star Wars territory and how that movie would have been so great if there were wrestlers <laughs> or, or wrestling would be so bad if it was like 90% talk of administrative tariffs <laughs> trade routes <laughs> right okay Richard what's your third alright so my third one is just leaving the ring and this is sort of a related to but, but different than the begging and sometimes it's done immediately after the begging where a, ref, a wrestler especially early on in the match if the heel is really getting his ass handed to him he'll just roll out of the weight ring and go that's it guys I'm done kind of wave his hands and just start walking towards back towards the exit. This is this is probably my personal favorite. It wasn't on my list, but it was just the rock used to do this back in the day where he'd get like punched once and then he was too good for it. He was a champion and he just walked to the back <laughs> and uh, someone would have to invariably walk up the ramp, fight him back to the ring. And then most likely the rock was still going to win because right, whatever. But it, it's just such a great move to like, I'm done. I've had enough. I'm getting, I'm getting paid for this. I know, but I'm quitting. There's no, there's nothing that's going to hurt me by quitting, but I, man. I mean, it's just basically again, a breakdown of what we consider to be the normal rules of life. Like sports, mm-hmm. which is, you know, two boxers go in the ring. They're going to get in there. There's going to be three 10 minute, round, you know, 10, three minute rounds or yeah. whatever it is. And you go until somebody wins. And with wrestling, it kind of just takes that and just twists it. So it's like, oh, I'm going to go there and, and start to wrestle. Oh, well, I don't want to wrestle because that guy hit me really hard. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm out of here. It's the it's the living embodiment of that, like meme where the guy is like throwing the papers in the air and yeah. fuck this yeah. shit. Yeah. It's pretty much that guy. And I just, I just think it's such a, a cowardly dick mm-hmm. move. It's great. All right. Uh, Michael, you've got, uh, one more. Uh, the last thing on my list is, uh, a big part of being a bad guy, being a heel is really trying to get booze from the crowd, mm-hmm. like just to get them to hate you. And there is nothing uh, that you can do more, do more than insult the 
town that you're playing in, Mm -hmm. be it insulting their sports team that they all love. Like they're all there to see the Colts and to rag on them would be uh, like, that's just heresy or to call them, you know, whatever town you're in, like Hicks or Hicks or fat or losers. I I sound like (laughs) Donald Trump right now, but uh, yeah. How many of these heel moves, by the way, has Donald Trump pulled off in the campaign? I haven't seen him pull anything out of his tights yet, although he's talked about it. Right. We're gonna have the cla- the classy the classiest brass knuckles you've ever seen. They're they're huge. They're beautiful. They're gonna be the best. But uh, I think just when you when you go in, especially and when you yourself as as the heel, like put yourself above it, and you put all the people that have paid money to come see you and just crap all over their town <laughs> and like their city or their state or wherever or their sports. I love when they come in and they're just like. The flyers are terrible. Everyone's like, boo. And, like, and the guy in the middle's like, when are you going to win? I would love if they just got really kind of like, you, the culinary pr- prowess of your chefs is inadequate. Or started like using actual statistics from them. Your city ranks 14th out of 20 cities in your state yeah, for educational quality. What about the crumbling infrastructure? Am I right? Have you seen those bridges? Those covered bridges? They're terrible. They're ugly. Nobody likes them. Oh, That's why they're covered. I went to your production of Swan Lake last night. <laughs> your community ballet was much to de- be desired. Let me, tell, let me tell you, let me tell you something. Des Moines, they know how to do the community theater. <laughs> you idiots in Cedar Rapids. I saw a production of Nonsense that was top notch. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, Richard, what's your fourth? So this one is something that you don't see much of anymore, and I'm a little disappointed because it was like one of the... This was like, if you really wanted to elevate like a feud and take it to the next level, you would see this. And it was somebody throwing a fireball in somebody else's <laughs> face. That's incredible. Well, I, I don't, I've watched a Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. I've watched a lot of wrestling. I've never seen a fireball. Oh, sure. Like, um, who used to do that a lot? Oh, Mr. Fuji used to do that a lot, I think. Okay. And like. This does sound like something out of the Far East Orient. <laughs> yeah, by the way, that, that that's also, you know. There's also this weird tradition of like the Asian wrestlers kind of being well, we boy. Boy wrestling was racist. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Boy, it was racist. The, the fireball. Uh... So the fireball is essentially like like this in actual practice. It's like a thing, a thing I like flash paper, like right. that magicians would use. And when the referee might be have his back turned or distracted, that referee again, again, or it may even be something that would happen in an interview. You know, the bad guy would come out and throw a ball, literally throw a ball of goddamn fire at his opponent's face, which invariably would lead to him falling down, writhing in pain on the ground. Other wrestlers have to come out with like a towel because I think that's what you're supposed to do if somebody's face gets melted off with a fireball is pat them down with a towel gently. Well, where's where's Vince McMahon with just a bucket of baking soda? I mean, what kind of fireball? Is it a grease fire? Is it a... Yeah, you don't want to put water on your traditional wrestling fireball. Just make it spread more. <laughs> but this was... And this was like the... I mean, it was big, theatrical, like something that was meant to be done to really like get over that these guys... This guy hated this other guy. It wasn't just like something that would happen in the context of a match to just sort of, so one guy would win. This was like, okay, this feud is getting to the next level. He just threw, again, a goddamn fireball at well, I, do, I do like that's great. I love that Mr. Fuji partied with David Copperfield one weekend in Vegas. <laughs> I do like that. Back with a new act. That heels will also, I mean, they will try to cheat to win behind the back of the referee, but at some point they just 
they're just like, screw it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hit you with a sledgehammer, or I'm gonna blow a fireball into your face and bur- and burn you. Yeah. And I guess there's still no repercussions <laughs> from from uh, HR. Yeah. And uh, Jerry Lawler, actually, I was trying to think of who used to do that a lot. Jerry Lawler used to do that when he was wrestling, especially in Memphis. That was like one of his one of his like standard kind of heel moves was to try and burn somebody with. Uh, Again, a fireball. Okay, so I think you have uh, all four of your choices locked and into the suggestion box here. And Michael and Richard have put all their suggestions in. So I get my moment to shine, gosh darn it. And I'm going to say my heel move isn't really much of a heel move. It's like a heel branding. I hate it when a wrestler is branded after some part of pop culture that exists existing currently or branded after the celebrity they most look alike. And I remember the one one of the guys that did this I thought was ridiculous was a guy named Paul E. Dangerously. Do you remember this guy? Yeah, the movie Paul. Johnny Dangerously came out, and this guy looked a little bit like Michael Keaton. <laughs> that is incredible. So he played this mobster kind of guy, and he was Paul E. Dangerously. And I remember thinking, that's, that's cheap. Come on, come up with a new thing. Or I felt sorry for his boss or whatever said, you got to be Paul E. Dangerous. You got this. You got to be this guy because you look like this guy. So I know, I know that's not much of a move, but it's like heel branding as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so let's recap what you guys put out there. Michael had eye poke, bodyguards, illegal save uh, from the tag team, and insulting the audience. Uh, Richard, he countered with crying in the corner, begging not to be hit. (laughs) Kind of sounds like my sex life a little bit. (laughs) Also, foreign object in the pants. Kind of sounds like my sex life a little bit. Leaving the ring. Kind of sounds like my sex life a little bit. Fireball. Definitely sounds like you're saying fireball. Exactly. (laughs) All right, so you guys have put your choices in there. Uh, Before I determine who the winner is going to be, I just want to beg you, implore you. I'm crying in the ring here, folks. Please, please follow us on Facebook.com, MT Rushmore Podcast. Uh, Please follow us on Twitter, MT Rushmore Pod. Share us on all those platforms. We really appreciate it. And I think, guys, we're so cute. You guys don't know this, you the viewers, because you don't see our faces. We should start an Instagram. We should. So soon you'll be able to follow us on Instagram. I'm not joking. Um, So I recap the choices. I've told you where you can follow us and join the dialogue by suggesting your Mount Rushmore's. Let us know what you think would be a great uh, um, topic for us to debate. We may ignore them because we don't have anything pertinent to say about who the top Supreme Court justices were. Or we just don't like you. Yeah, as an individual, we, yeah. we don't favor you. But we might like you. We, we don't might know. Like, we could, Try it. Try it. We could love you. Just reach out. Give us a chance to love you by talking to us in those online platforms. Um, so uh, it's time for me to, like the uh, incompetent referee of a WWF match, determine who the winner is based on things that I saw, things I didn't see, things I purposely <laughs> didn't see, like somebody who works with a mob. I didn't see anything. Um, so I'm going with Rich. One, because I love... That's right. That's right. This guy knows what's up. I love the fact that wrestling is essentially a vaudeville and these big, broad moves that Richard determined uh, are described like crying in the corner, all things he did is in the bedroom, foreign object hidden in the pants, leaving the ring. I love how... uh, crazy and how much colorful they make uh, the the wrestling industry so well it's, it's, re- it's really the subtle moves I mean it's fine that, I mean your selections are fine you know whatever but it's really the, the subtlety of you know go ahead Michael's leaving the ring Michael's Michael is actually <laughs> where are you going I'm taking I'm taking uh, your my, belt my belt my belt my shorts yeah it's reversible That's you know <laughs> not a lot of wrestling belts are reversible or wrestling you also don't see you never see wrestling like like uh, you know overalls or anything like that 
Uh, Big Boss Man, did he have overalls? Uh, Hillbilly Jim, I suppose. Was the, I'm yeah. taking my wrestling suspenders. Suspenders <laughs> are going on. Braces. I think All I got to say to you, Michael. Woo! Another move from Richard's bedroom brought to the podcast. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Space Mountain. <laughs> Oldest ride. Longest line. All right. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that meant. Uh, <laughs> If you'd like to follow us online or listen to past episodes, please check us out at mtmtrushmorepodcast.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash mtrushmorepodcast or Twitter at mtrushmorepod. Rushmore Pod.